Welcome, I'm Heather Taylor with Simplicity 2.0's podcast. Have you ever had the feeling that a problem is getting both better and worse at the same time? Cybersecurity can feel that way. Events ranging from the Target hack in 2013 up to the phishing during last year's U.S. presidential campaign have kept the topic in the headlines. So we must have all learned to take precautions, right? Well, not exactly. And the problem starts with the we. Increasingly, hackers are eyeing departments not commonly thought of as targets, like HR. And of course, hackers will always evolve their strategies to match the opportunities, whether those are newly emerging platforms like chatbots or taking advantage of that sense of complacency that comes from thinking no more needs to be done to secure data. So how can you and the company you work for meet this ever-evolving challenge? Simplicity 2.0 is brought to you by Laserfiche, the world's leading enterprise content management software which manages and controls information so you can empower employees to work smarter, faster, and better. We're today with Niall Harper, Managing Director at Octave Consulting and World Economic Forum Young Global Leader. So Niall, welcome to the show. So to start, I wanted to ask, what are the most significant ways that cybersecurity risk has evolved over the past year? I think one of the primary ways that cybersecurity risk has evolved have evolved in the last year would be that you're seeing more and more nation states using cyber security capabilities as a way to attack other nation states and you we've seen it with you know the, the disproportionate mass surveillance where people are being hacked and you, you saw the situation where the U.S. election, where the Democratic National Convention was unhacked and their private um, data was was re, uh, uh, released. You're also seeing more and more information manipulation as a, as a political tool as well, and that's basically fake news. Um, we're also seeing, because of the prevalence of... A, uh, uh, drones. You're actually seeing more and more drone uh, uh, jacking. So you're seeing attackers actually conscientiously attacking and controlling uh, drones. And this could be a, an, a threat in terms of if they fly the drones into pr- protected um, airspace, if you use the, the drones to spy on someone. So, and you're seeing so many different evolving attacks. Uh, as well around infrastructure, critical infrastructure, where you're seeing attacks against large service service providers like Verizon and AT&T and other service providers, where you're seeing the core internet infrastructure actually being attacked. And it's compromising networks to the point that people are unable to access the internet in large parts of countries like for example earlier this year you there was a distributed denial of service attack that kind that essentially brought down the whole northeastern coast of the united states so i mean you're seeing a number of different risks but i think these would, would be the main ones i've i've seen in the last so if everyone agrees that cybersecurity is so important and these things are happening at a you know a bigger scale ongoingly on a bigger scale why do people still you know forget about the basics like reusing old passwords and making personal copies of corporate data or you know clicking on phishing emails I would say 
there's an interesting dynamic with uh, uh, users. There's this risk and reward kind of dynamic with users. Even though users have these privacy and security concerns, um, they're more interested in the reward that comes with accessing platforms like social media platforms, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and it's not just accessing these platforms, but accessing them in a if in an expedient way. So people are willing to trade off their security and privacy just to to have efficiency and convenience. So you see where someone says, you know, I need to access this this platform now. I don't have time to consider a complex passwords with capitals and alphanumerics and symbols, etc. And that's kind of a, a driving some of this really, some of these really poor be, be, behaviors online. And the same goes for when people make copies of corporate data. You know, instead of saying, look, let's get this data, let's store it, let's encrypt it. Let's make sure we use out-of-band means to convey encryption keys. People see that as too complex. It's not efficient. It doesn't allow them to do their job or to meet certain objectives in an efficient manner. So they're willing to compromise on security and privacy for efficiency. And that, I think that's part of the reason that we're seeing such really poor um, hygiene online. In terms of phishing, I think it comes back to, to efficiency as well. People will receive mail that that appeals to them and say, you know, get this deal. To get this deal, uh, click here. Or to, to see this this news article on someone that's kind of a, you know, it's very interesting, very intriguing news article. And people don't take the time to check to see if the URL is actually a legitimate URL. It's really the risk and reward dynamic. Mm. No, exactly. So you've been reading that some studies have found that the worst offenders in cybersecurity best practices are usually um, C-level executives as well as IT staff themselves. So, you know, they are those ones using those lousy passwords or falling for phishing schemes and, you know, circumvent security using cloud services. So what does it take to get them to comply and to set a better example for their organization? I'll start by saying this. I think there's this assumption that an IT staff member should essentially have cybersecurity skills, but cybersecurity is a very niche skill set. Like you can have a good system administrator, you can have a very good network administrator who don't necessarily have cybersecurity skills. That's why you see like security architects or security auditors or assessors are really specialized. So I think there's a situation where IT staff actually may not know that they're compromising the enterprise security. They're really trying to get things to work. And I realized that from meeting with a lot of my customers and working with them through some of their cyber security uh, issues where IT staff are good at making things work. They can get your systems up and running. They, they can get your 
network up and running. They can get your applications functioning with the right features that meets the organizational, functional, and day-to-day -day business needs, but they don't necessarily know how to secure these systems. So, so I think that's part of the, the problem. In terms of C-level executives, it's really kind, kind of the same issue, but there's also in organizations, there are CEOs, CFOs, functional C-level execs who are really good at their jobs in terms of defining uh, strategy, business alignment, you know, looking at competitive and market forces, but they are not knowledgeable in terms of cybersecurity. It's not their day-to-day -day job. And there is not a large demand on C-level executives to have that skill set or to have an understanding. It's necessary, and we're seeing a trend where more and more organizations are, um, are hiring individuals, especially for their executive positions, as well as their directors on their boards who have understanding of cybersecurity and not, not necessarily at the technical uh, level, but more of how it impacts the business from operational risk, reputation risk, financial risk, what are some of the risk responses that the business needs to put in place to address cyber risk. So you're seeing more governance, risk and control being embedded into businesses because traditionally cybersecurity has not been an important uh, um, priority at the C level. And because you're seeing more and more businesses financials being affected and their market positions being affected as well as in some in some countries or jurisdictions there's actually mandatory that you have a chief privacy officer or chief information security officer so it's being driven by market forces as well as regulatory requirements so if we're looking at what the c-suite has to think about for the upcoming year are there any i know you've talked about drones drone you know jacking which I, to me sounds terrifying, actually. Um, but what new cybersecurity risks do you see emerging in the upcoming year? So I, I think we've seen in the last few months, we've seen a greater prevalence of ransom there. So there are a lot of different um, types of ransomware. There are ransomware developers are cons consistently making changes and amendments to make the ransomware more stealthy and more effective. So companies in the next few months to the next year really need to look at how they respond to the risk of ransomware. And it's traditionally been, you know, companies think, yeah, we have backups, so that that's not a problem. But isn't just having your backups, it's making sure that your backups are are robust backups. Like you have, you can back up this to this and then back up to a tape, take the tape off site. You can encrypt backups when they're stored. And, you know, putting more robust controls around how you secure your data from, from ransom where. Um, in terms of emerging, threats as well, I would say there are more and more attacks against critical network infrastructure. And I say critical net network infrastructure, I mean like your reservoirs, your, your electric 
for play. You're seeing more attacks against infrastructure that if they're compromised, there's a serious impact in terms of human life and public safety. So I think more critical network infrastructure owners need to focus on securing the network and they need to coordinate with each other as well to share information, to better understand the threats, to do threat, threat modeling, to give them a be better insight into the threats they're being faced with and how to respond to these threats in a timely and effective manner. I think, too, what's really important as well, we're seeing a lot more attacks against cell phones and tablets, mobile devices, because I think the threat factors have recognized that the enterprise is a space that they're seeing a lot more controls, a lot more improvements in security, but the end users, many of them are not aware of cyber threats. So you're seeing a lot more attacks through, through phishing, through spam, spam as a malware vector. You're also seeing a lot more malicious applications and software in legitimate, like legitimate stores like the Apple Store, like Android Play. So mm -hmm. I think those are some of the emerging uh, threats that just, not just um, the enterprise, but end users as well need to be focused on. So I just have one last question for us to wrap this all up. Um, so I think, you know, this might be the biggest question for our listeners. Um, so what kind of strategy can ensure your company, or I guess an individual as well, as you're saying it's in individual attacks, um, for them to stay engaged and protected when it comes to cybersecurity because it's always evolving? Yeah. Um, I think from an enterprise perspective, I think what companies need to change their organizational thinking, their, their group think. And instead of seeing cybersecurity as being the responsibility of the IT department, cybersecurity really needs to be seen as the responsibility of everyone in the organization. And that's key. Not just at the executive level, not just at the board of directors level, but right down through the organization. I think that tone needs to be set from the top as well, where the, the C-level executives start to include cyber cybersecurity discussions in their executive meetings. Board of directors need to have a running team or discussion point on cybersecurity. They need to compel IT departments to regularly report on how investments in cybersecurity capabilities are actually performing because that's something that many companies don't do they they invest in cyber security controls and new technologies and, and training but there's no way to get good metrics on on how those controls are performing so i think across the organization there needs to be more to be a better understanding of cyber security risks how those risks impact the business as a entity and really kind of embed that type of risk risk mentality throughout the organization so everyone feels as though they have a stake in in protecting the organization's infrastructure and information assets in terms of end users <laughs> I'll, I'll circle back to the risk and 
risk and reward discussion we had earlier. I think and users need to really focus on awareness, security awareness. There are a lot of different websites. There's a lot of different newsletters that you can subscribe to that really gives you good information on threats, whether it be to end users or to organizations to help you better know how to protect yourself. Um, and, 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 and users are harder because in an organization, you can mandate cybersecurity awareness programs. You can mandate that it's linked to your performance appraisals. You, you can have an information security policy or acceptable usage agreement that gives you enforcement authority that you can fire someone if they don't adhere to, to the right security and hygiene. But uh, and you use it doesn't really have any consequences except at, in the very end where their data is compromised, where their identity is stolen. So it's it's harder for an end user. But I think we're seeing a lot of enterprises also using an approach. They're seeing security as a service and. I say that cybersecurity awareness as a service, as a differentiator. So where there are organizations, whether it be a bank, whether it be a telecom provider, whether it be a, a cable provider, who are sending, actually actively sending out, whether it be text messages, emails, sending out cybersecurity awareness to their consumers as a differentiator that says, look, we're really concerned about you and your privacy and we're providing this as a service that differentiates us from our, our competition. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today um, on Simplicity 2.0. Remember to add Simplicity 2.0 to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Thanks to Laserfiche for sponsoring today's episode. Learn more about Laserfiche at laserfiche.com backslash simplicity or follow them on Twitter at Laserfiche. Until next time, this is Heather Taylor for Simplicity 2.0. Thank you.